We have a lot of news on the Minnesota Timberwolves considering it is mid-August, but uh, we're going to add to the excitement that this franchise has generated by talking about a new broadcaster and a brand new schedule. Where do you want to start, Jim? Yeah, I mean, I just think that, you know, given where we're at right now, um, there's been so much intrigue and and wondering about who is going to replace Dave Benz. So to have that news really break this morning uh, as we're recording this on, on Thursday morning, uh, that, that feels like a good place to start. Michael Grady, he was kind of a jack of all trades with the Brooklyn Nets broadcast, the Yes Network broadcast. He did play-by-play for them in support of Ian Eagle. He did pre- and post-game. He did sideline reporting, a lot of, uh, a lot of things uh, for that uh, network and, and covering that team for a very highly thought-of broadcast. And he is going to be the one who is replacing Benz and he will be the lead play-by-play TV analyst or TV play-by-play man for Valley Sports North with Jim Peterson. So we have some finality there as kind of people were really kind of wondering who it was going to be. It's Michael Grady, 39 years old, will be moving here with uh, with his wife, Erica, his uh, stepson, Ty, and um, and and he's going to be the next voice of Timberwolves basketball uh, on television, at least. Have you uh, have you found a way to listen to him or listen to some old yeah. broadcasts and get any sense of how he does the job? Yeah, he. So I think for the traditionalist, the traditional sort of TV consumer um, who watches games and has maybe seen how the tone of coverage on TV has often changed. Over the years, um, it's you know it, it to to a more of a homerish type of a of a broadcast in a oh, lot I of places. Oh, I hadn't noticed. Yeah, I know, right? That this will be shocking. Um, Grady is not that, and oh, the, the Nets broadcast is not that. Now, I think they're s- sort of similar to the Timberwolves broadcast in um, you know what I, I think you know Jim Peterson and Dave Benz. On the spectrum of local broadcasts, I would say definitely skewed more toward the uh, just analytical um, and less away from the fan side of things. They both got very excited when the Timberwolves win. Um, They both were actively hoping that that would happen, those types of things. But I think they did it in a more professional manner uh, than some of these other, you know, crews out there that are just like, you know, way over the top with it. And so Michael Grady uh, came up, it was developed essentially in that Nets ecosystem with Ian Eagle, who is one of the very, very best uh, play-by-play guys, you know, in any sport. Uh, Sarah Kustak is a great color analyst. Uh, Richard Jefferson is very, very good as a color analyst. So they have just a New York professional vibe. Um, about their group and Grady fits in that. I, you know, if you if you go on to YouTube, you can find some of his play-by-play highlights and things like that. And he has a lot of enthusiasm. Absolutely, uh, he 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 has a lot of energy. Um, uh, you know, he certainly is a partner of the team that he is covering. Uh, but it's not 
uh it's not crazy it's not it's not wild over it's it's very smooth it's very very polished and so i think from from those aspects from what i can tell in the smaller sample size of clips i've been able to watch i think it's going to be a pretty smooth transition to working with jim peterson and kind of having a similar sort of tone to their coverage we'll see if he kind of you know spreads his wings a little bit you know i think maybe as a backup uh, play-by-play person, you you have a little bit of a of a different approach than when you are the lead guy and can really mold things to your voice. So there may be some differences that way. But in general, I think you know what you saw from him in all of his interviews and in the way that he did play-by-play was um, just a real smooth talker, uh, cool dude um, that that is going to kind of I think fit in pretty well. That sounds encouraging. <clears throat> and by the way, uh, we, we're going to get to the schedule and some uh, Anthony Edwards talk here in a little bit. But it, it has been fascinating and sometimes disheartening to see the media landscape change during my lifetime in the business. And, you know, listen, TV people naturally going to be more highlights oriented. Uh, they're naturally going to be more fa- you know, fan oriented than print journalists uh, who are kind of looking at at facts and figures and delving behind the scenes and hearing uh, all kinds of off the record stories that might contradict what, you know, the fan even wants to know. Uh, But I still remember having done, you know, I did some work for all the different uh, versions of this local sports network uh, before Bally sports. And I remember, you know, back in the day, they wanted me on the air because I wouldn't just, tell them what the team wanted to hear. And then one day I walked in and there was a mission statement posted (laughs) in the offices that said, we are team partners. We will do everything we can to support the team. And and it was basically just, Hey, we're fans from here. This point forward, we are fans. And it is. And and I know that fans like that, but the problem is uh, if you go too far down that road, you get away from things that are true. So anytime Mm -hmm. I hear about somebody on that, end of the spectrum in the media business, somebody who's on air working for a team partner who isn't going to bow down before the team, I'm very encouraged. Yeah, I think so. And and I, I will say that I think Jim Peterson's presence there helps them preserve some of that because he has been a long tenured voice there. Uh, he is well thought of around the league as an analyst who really does, who is not afraid to criticize things when it's not, when they're not going well um, and will, will tell it like it is. He's not going to like mercilessly rip anyone. He's not going to um, do anything like that, but he is going to you know, break down the X's and O's. And, and when, when a player isn't playing well, when a coach makes a decision that is questionable, uh, he's absolutely going to say that. Um, and, and so to have like that, have built up that reputation sort of on his shoulders with Tom Hanneman, with Dave Benz, now with Michael Grady kind of helps to kind of preserve just some of that credibility and that substance, because I do think that's important. Um, You know, you and I may watch the games from a different perspective in terms of not wearing the Aurora green hats and jerseys and, 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 you know, cheering our, our heads off when, when they're winning and, and, and booing when they're losing. But um, I, I think at the base level of every broadcast, there needs to be a, a, a trust level that is built up between the fan and the announcer. And so if it becomes too obvious that 
the announcer is in the bag for the team and is not going to acknowledge when there is some uh some darkness some drama some some uh some struggles then it's just like well why am i even listening to this guy um i do think that most of them jim peterson included and probably michael grady go into this now will will have enthusiasm for the team will absolutely be making it clear that they want this team to win that they have relationships that um they are they are openly rooting that way but in the presentation of the game and how you break it down and how you narrate the action there does have to be a level of credibility a level of of clear-headedness that doesn't get so you don't get blinded by just the uh the the rooting interests and that's what made i think dave benz and 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 jim pete very highly respected um and i do think that michael grady knows that he is coming to another production that within the annals of the nba is very well thought of i mean when you when you pull people around the league who really watch a lot of games on league pass and like so they they're they're exposed to a lot of different announcing crews generally you know in the top three every single year are the nets and the timberwolves and then there's another one that just kind of rotates through so um so i I think there's a pedigree that's involved there and 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 a professionalism from those two crews that is really well received and so i would imagine you're going to see uh a similar approach now that he has become the man and i'll tell you jim like i sat down with him for 40 minutes with him and his wife and his son yesterday and um He's like he's a he seems like a, a really nice guy, uh, a smooth guy, got a good head on his shoulders, very grateful and thankful for this opportunity. And um, he's got a great story. He's, he grew up in Indianapolis, kind of came in the back door to the broadcasting game as an in arena host with the Pacers and and then did some radio work and TV work in Indy and then moved to Brooklyn. And now he's coming here. And so um he comes with a a confidence, but also, you know, a a, a Midwest tie that I think is going to make it a pretty good uh, fit for for this audience and for this community. I think Jim Pete is excellent, uh, and I don't. And listen, I I'm not unrealistic. I don't expect local TV people or people who are in a team partnership, you know, between the franchise and their broadcast entity. I don't expect them to be. Objective. I just want them to be realistic. I think yes. Jim Pete is an excellent analyst. He tells you things you might not otherwise know. You might not otherwise notice. That's what I want. I want somebody who brings, who can take a, a complex situation and explain it to you on a level that somebody who didn't play in the NBA can understand. I think he's, I, I've always thought he was excellent. Uh, you know, listen, I didn't like Dave Benz. I, he was not to my taste. I thought he did go too far in trying to, you know, defend teams that were winning 20% of their games against all the slings and arrows. But I know that he was popular. Um, but I, I don't know. I'll be very interested and intrigued to hear Grady and Peterson together because I think, I think that's pretty promising. Yeah. And, and here's another thing to think about, like, and, and we know that, um, we know that, uh, Dave Benz and, and whether you liked him or not, he was popular here. It was clear that when, when Bally and when the wolves decided that, Hey, we're going in a different direction, we're going to get a new voice for this next era 
that they're that they're going through the the response locally was emphatic that they that people were very upset that this decision was made so dave did a good job of connecting with the audience that way and building a following and building um you know a reputation here but so if but i will say to any wolves fans who are still upset about Dave Benz um, and and maybe Michael Grady isn't Gus Johnson or isn't Kevin Harlan or isn't the the big name or the the big replacement that you thought would have justified moving Benz out of here. I still remember the first days that Benz arrived in town as a as a new guy from the Bay Area and replacing a Tom Hanneman who was very well thought of and was here for a very long time. And, and Ben's was criticized and as who is this guy? And this isn't, you know, there's no way this is going to work out. And, um, we want Hanny back or, or things like that. Um, you know, and then 10 years later when Ben's is leaving, there's a, there's a revolt and, and there's a huge groundswell of support for Ben's. And so I would say, probably just give Michael Grady a chance as well. Like you may not know him right now, but he comes from a very esteemed broadcast group. He has been tutored under the one of the best of the best in Iron Eagle and Ryan Rocco does stuff for yes as well. And he's very, very good. Um, and then w- with Kustak and Jefferson, like he has been developed in a great incubator. And so I think that the chances of him being someone who is able to connect with the audience and is able to uh to present the game in a way that is both entertaining and informative and and not over the top but also not you know but also uh, has plenty of energy and juice i think that i think there's a good chance of that happening so we'll just have to see you know how he kind of fills into that role but um as long as you have jim pete here i think it's going to be a good crew um, but, but then, uh, you know, getting this guy in and, and a different voice, he's a, he's a 39 year old black man. So he has a different perspective, um, that, it, and, and, and a different kind of background from what we have seen in that position for a long time with the wolves. And so that'll, that'll be, uh, exciting to kind of see as well. And, and just, just see the differences and, and how he makes this job his own. Cool stuff. Um, I have another broadcasting question. We're also going to get to the schedule, <clears throat> excuse me, and some Anthony Edwards stuff. Uh, right now, though, uh, just want to let you know that TSR Injury Law is longtime sponsor of the show. We hope to do a show at their offices, which are beautiful, palatial uh, here in the near future. Uh, they were able to get into those new offices because they win a lot of cases. They won't even charge you unless they win your case. That's how confident they are. And and the fact they win so many cases has helped them grow their business. They they grow when they help people. Uh, we don't want you to need an injury lawyer, but if you need one, you need a good one. 612-TSR-TIME is all you need to know. 612-TSR-TIME. Also want to let you know that as you know, utility costs are rising every year. It is costing you money. It doesn't have to be that way. Get a new system from All Energy Solar. Even if you have to take out a loan to finance it, you'll still save money in the long run. Run The loan payment will likely be less than what you would pay for electricity every month anyway, and it's a locked-in price that won't change. Start saving. Make the switch to All Energy Solar. It's great for resale value. It's great for you right now. It's great for you in the near future. Book your appointment today at allenergysolar.com and see what kind of deal you can get. Uh, one more broadcast note. Uh, Harlan was a blast. 
Tom Hanneman is one of the most beloved figures in, in Minnesota media ever. Uh, when McHale did broadcast, he was very good. Peterson's excellent. What was your favorite combination? What was your favorite broadcast team? Here? Oh, boy. Yeah, that's a great question. Um you know, I, I mean, I so when I was coming up, we all, you know, we all kind of tend to gravitate to what we, you know, what we were exposed to when we were young, right? And so, um, when I was growing up, it was Harlan and Trent Tucker, and um, and that was just a lot of fun. That like was. it was, they were they were bad teams in general, um, and then they, you know, Tucker came in kind of at the and and Harlan was around for the tail end of Garnett or for the very beginning of Garnett's run here. And, and so then it got a little more competitive and a little more fun, but, um, the irreverence that that crew had, that that pairing had was just so much fun. Um, and, and I think it was appropriate for the stage of development that the franchise was in. I mean, they were not winning many games. They were not very competitive. And so, um, you needed to have some other approach than just breaking down the X's and O's. I liked Ben's and Pete. Um, I love, I mean, Hanny is one of my great friends and I miss him dearly to this day. And so, um, when you had Hanny and Pete together, that was really like it, that felt like very comforting and just kind of, uh, you know, just uh, a, a warm blanket to wear on a cold night while you're watching the game was great. Um, but but Harlan and Trent were just like out there and they they were taking chances and they were hollering and screaming and and they were having fun with it. And so um, there was some just intentional comedy and some unintentional comedy. And so I just I, I, I kind of go back to the warm and fuzzies of that time just because I might have been you know 13 14 years old watching it uh, you know while while that was while they were together and and that's the formative part of of my sports fandom that's a great call by the way I should introduce the show uh, this is the John Krasinski show. He's John Krasinski from The Athletic. I'm Jim Suhan from The Star Tribune. Brandon Morton, as always, is our producer. Thank you for listening. We do recommend subscribing at your favorite podcast app. It's free. It's easy. You can also go to talknorth.com, see the shows, see the archives of the show, see the many shows we have built up, uh, or you can follow us on Twitter at TalkNorthPod, see the shows as they are released. Uh, thanks for listening. We really do appreciate it. You've helped us grow this network into something pretty impressive. And now let us get to the schedule. Um, it looks like game two is the game to focus on at this moment. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it's kind of cool because, um, you know, they the, the Wolves open up at home on October 19th against Oklahoma City. So you get to see Chet Holmgren right away. Yeah. Um, he plays in, in 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 the home in his hometown for his NBA debut. That's that's kind of cool. But then um, October 21st at Target Center, Utah Jazz come in. Um, it will probably be a little bit more emotional. There'll be more riding on it when Rudy Gobert goes back to Utah. Um, but uh, but I think you know just having that that matchup will be will be cool. And and we'll see if Donovan Mitchell is even on the Jazz at that point or if he's been traded. But uh, I think the big picture to take away from from the schedule is they have five of their first six games at home. They have nine of their first 12 at home and seven of those teams that they face or seven of the games, I should say, because they play the Spurs three times are against teams that are probably not going to be in the playoff picture. You have three against the Spurs, two against OKC, one at home and one on the road, and a home game against Houston. And for a team that is 
trying to, that is going to be trying to find itself early, that has had some significant changes, that is going to be kind of embarking on this new experiment with the supersized lineup and how is it all going to fit together to have sort of like a, a nice soft start to the season with a home heavy schedule and off days in between for practices and things I think is the ideal situation for the Timberwolves. Eventually it all evens out and there'll be some very brutal stretches later in the year that are going to be really challenging, but to give this team kind of a nice little, um, jumping off point and let them work through some kinks early in the first 12 games, I think is, you know, a, a, a nice little, uh, favor that the schedule makers did for, for, for the wolves. And, um, and it should help them coalesce and, and kind of build some confidence early. Great thing about podcasts is we're not up against the clock. We can go as long as we want. So let's break down the schedule game by game, John. Game <laughs> one. Let's go. Game one. Yeah, pick it up. Wins and losses. Yes. I got them at uh, 66 and 14 or whatever it You're is. You're such so, a pessimist, John. Uh, yeah, Come on. I know, this I know. is a great team. Yeah. It, uh, yeah all right. It, no, go ahead. I finished oh, your thoughts. Uh, yeah, no, I was just going to say like um, – so you have the soft part of the schedule to start. It will get very difficult in a few pockets in December, February, and really the, the last 20 games coming out of the All-Star break are daunting. There's a lot of really, really good teams that they're going to be facing. But, um, but in general, I would say it just lays out pretty nicely for them as long as they stay healthy to be able to gradually improve um, throughout the season. And um, there's a couple, there's a six game homestand. That's, that's going to be fun. There's good. There's a couple of long road trips that will test them because they'll need to be tested as they get ready for the playoffs. And all in all, I didn't see anything that was just egregious in terms of, wow, this is really difficult. Or why did the, the schedule makers do the wolves like this? It seems a pretty fair and balanced schedule that uh that you know that that's hard for them to complain about but i'm sure everyone will find things to complain about oh i'm working on it no doubt about it uh, all right anthony edwards uh the what we've heard what i've heard through the grapevine is that he has been very impressed in the workouts i'm guessing you've heard more than i have yeah i, th I think like he the wolves fans have gotten some uh just little snippets of videos of ant working out of, of little kind of tantalizing things throughout the summer to see what he's doing. And, you know, look, any, any 22nd video can make, you know, uh, Alexi Shved look like Steve Nash. Right. So, um, so you always have to take that with a grain of salt and what you're seeing that way. But I have had some conversations with wolves, people, over the last couple of weeks here now who have been around Ant, who have been in workouts with him and have seen him up close and seen the work that he's putting in on his body, on his game, on everything. And the reports have been pretty glowing. Um, you know, I, I, a lot of just like, you know, one person who is really close to Ant just said, John, wait till you see him. Like, just wait, because it sounds like he has really dedicated himself in this offseason going into his third year which is kind of when stars make their leaps and he's putting a lot into this and i think he's taking it seriously i think he's starting to understand um the difference between you know working hard 
what it is when you're, you know, when you're a rookie and when you're 20 years old and what it is when you're a veteran and when you really want to become an elite player in this league. And, um, so I've had, you know, multiple people just say that he looks, looks like a monster. Uh, we will see what happens when the lights come on and when training camp comes in and, and the games get going. But I think if you're, if you're a Wolves fan looking for encouragement and, and looking for good signs about what this season can be, um, I have heard a lot of, of really rave reviews about how Ant is looking. And so that's, uh, you know, that's, uh, that's something for, you know, in August, we're all looking for something to kind of, you know, get your mouth watering a little bit. Uh, it sounds like Ant looks pretty, pretty, uh, legit in the, in these workouts. So, so be ready once, uh, once he shows up in September. Topic for a future show, Dave Barry, who's a great basketball analyst uh, who sometimes contributes to the Cheryl Reeves show where I have him on my show, Black and Muted, uh, you know, looks at things from, from afar and looks at them from an analytics standpoint. And, you know, one of his big takeaways is he thinks Gobert will be great for the Wolves. He he always questions the value of volume shooters if they aren't particularly efficient. So in the future, I want to get into that because they're – you know, I understand what he's saying. Uh, it's hard to disagree with the, the statistical basis for what he's saying, but I also think there's value in having somebody so athletic they can get their shot whenever they want it. You know, there's clock, uh, clocks running down, I, uh, you know, forcing defenses to do things they don't want to do, collapsing defenses. So I want to I want to talk through that. You know, just how valuable Ant could be from a statistical standpoint going forward here. For today, let's thank. All Energy Solar. Let's thank TSR Injury Law. Thank you for listening to TalkNorth.com. And thanks, as always, to Brandon Morton. And, John, why don't you just wrap up with a final thought? Uh, yeah, I would just say, um, you know, welcome to town, Michael Grady. Um, looking forward to kind of getting to know him and his family a little bit more uh, and 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 get him introduced to the Wolves community. Maybe we'll even have him on the podcast at some point leading up to the, the regular season just to give fans a – you know, a chance to hear him kind of tell his story at length and um, and and get a little familiarity as he uh, as he prepares to to slide into that spot. But um, all of the feedback that looking on social media right now in terms of Brooklyn Nets fans are very sorry to see him go. So I think that's a good sign that maybe the Wolves got a good one here. Good stuff. Uh, I'm really glad we caught you after you talked to Michael. It'll be fun to meet him and get to know him. Thanks again to everyone who listens. We'll talk to you next week, probably from the offices of TSR Injury Law.